So as he closed off, guess what that gave him? That gave him space. So now when he turned, whack, right? He can let the ball travel farther. He can get on plane deeper. He has later decision-making capability. That's really important. He didn't change anything else. He just gave himself space he desperately needed. And he trusted his feelings and he tried something in the middle of a season and he's in the big leagues, which means if you have a high school player, it's not the end of the world if he tries something either. If you have a college player, it could be the key, right? We can't be afraid to allow guys to feel things, to learn and to make changes. You cannot be afraid of growth. Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Yakertech. Yakertech is the gold standard for measuring spin rate, velocity, trajectory, and most important, spin axis of a pitched ball. No other system captures such clarity of a moving ball. Learn more about their system at yakertech.com. On this episode, we feature part one of the 2017 Palooza presentation by Eugene Bleeker from 108 Performance. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here is Eugene Bleeker. So first, I want to thank Lance uh, for putting this on. Um, You know, it's an amazing thing in every other profession Right? Like if you want to become a doctor like her, um, there's school, right? There's schools for you to go to and you get this great education and it provides you with a framework uh, to go on and do your job. But as coaches, we don't really have that, right? Like we, we play and that's really the only qualification that we have to go and become a coach, right? Because we played the game. And to teach the game, that definitely makes sense. But a lot of times what ends up happening is we teach Uh, A lot of the things that we were taught, we don't understand motor learning, we don't understand patterns, we don't understand a lot of things. So we search and search to try to find, you know, different ways to make guys better. And that's why events like this are amazing. You know, going to the ABCA for the first time completely changed my viewpoints on everything, uh, you know, back in 2010. So... To have events like this and to be able to get knowledge at events like this and share knowledge is just such an awesome thing because this is the only place we have to do it. It's really the only place that we have to do it. And the relationships that you develop while you're at this stuff, I mean, that's that's a huge part of it too. You know, I met Rick uh, last year for the first time and, you know, we had great conversation. We had dinner together. We talk uh, fairly regularly, you know, park, same thing. Um, these guys are some of the brightest minds in the game. So when they talk, you, you just, you have to listen, you know, and it's very interesting because Rick and I, uh, it's almost like we, you know, plan these presentations side by side, but we didn't, you know, we're across the country in different places and we're working on the same things. 
And we're seeing the same things, but we're seeing them differently and working on them differently. So uh, to see his presentation is, um, you know, outstanding. Uh, I also want to thank, and this is really important, and, you know, it's uh, kind of throughout the, the presentation too. I want to thank all my players, right, that have given me the opportunity to, um, you know, find ways to make them better, you know, over the years, to screw them up, right, to, to make them better. Um, you know, players, and I was going to say this later, but it ties in now. Um, what's that saying? It's, uh, you know, they don't care about what you know until they know that you care, right? Like what we really need to do to be great coaches is to work really hard to, to find different ways to make guys better. That's how you figure stuff out. That's how you figure out the answers. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to the first slide. So we're one away performance. Uh, we have two facilities located in Southern California. We have one in Riverside. It's where I opened up the first one, uh, much like, you know, kind of Rick's story, very, very similar. Um, you know, I opened up the first one. I was running baseball operations at a large multi-sport facility uh, th up till about three years ago. And I wanted to do things differently. Um, I also wanted to, you know, I miss being on the field. I consider myself a coach first, but I really wanted to put down the teams, you know, I wanted to, uh, I didn't feel like all the time and energy that went into all the, the lineups and uh, the practices and the planning and everything, all the work that goes into it was really being appreciated necessarily. Um, you know, so I wanted to focus my mind on other things. I wanted to dive into only focusing on swings and throws and swings and throws because I felt like that was something I had a a better handle on. You know, I'd really been looking into it for, uh, I'd say the last seven, eight years. Um, but I really, I, I knew there was more, you know, I knew there was more. So I wanted to put all that time I was spending on, um, you know, the team stuff and, and really focus it on the individual player development. Because that's where I really felt the game was lacking. You know, that's what I felt um, I could provide or, or find or figure out. Uh, because there were a lot of great coaches in our area, a lot of great coaches of the game of baseball, uh, but, you know, there weren't necessarily a lot of, uh, I would say, great individual hitting instructors or pitching coaches, right? Um, there's a difference between teaching guys how to pitch and teaching them how to throw, and there's a difference between teaching guys how to hit and teaching them how to swing. Right? They're different things and you have to blend them together. And that's why all the science and the data stuff is really so important to pay attention to. So we do long-term player development plans. Um, we don't believe in, in bringing players in for one week or for one lesson. Uh, we bring them in for evaluations and then we determine whether or not we're gonna bring them into our culture and into our program. So they're in there for, uh, we do the cut this six month in your contracts at a minimum. Um, so we have the opportunity to really have an effect, you know, and have change. Um, so the individual programs are for roughly, we have about 175 guys in the program between the two locations. Um, there's four main components to the program. Um, and that's where I wanted to do it different. You know, you heard um, Deggs talk about culture and the importance of culture. Uh, the culture is, is huge. That's the one comment that everybody that comes out, they make, they talk about the culture at our facilities. And the culture is extremely important. Uh, I can't tell you how important that part of it is. Um, so the different components of the program, um, 
we run hitting and we do throwing and pitching. We do an SNC program. Uh, Jason Nehera and BJ Foley are our strength guys. They do an absolutely amazing job. Both of them interned at Cressy. Um, you know, if you're going to have a strength program, having guys with a background like that is extremely important. And we've also added a neuromuscular control program. And that's something I'm going to talk about a little bit. Um, Joseph Cancellieri uh, is doing an amazing job, runs that program. Joe got his uh, master's from Columbia University. He's a lot smarter than I am. Um, and biobehavioral sciences. And then he went and worked under uh, Dr. Keith Pine uh, for, I think, three years. Right, Joe? And then he worked for the big league club for the Nationals last year. So having him on staff has been amazing. Can we go to the next slide, please? So individualizing the training as much as possible. It's the most important part. It's the most important part of, of working with any player at any level is not trying to get them to do something your way, but trying to figure out what their way is, right? Individualizing the training is, is just such a huge part. 1% um, better every day, just trying to find ways to get better, right? Trying to learn more, trying to grow all the time. Uh, and that's because it's not about us. You know, I think we forget sometimes that this is a service job. We exist, our job exists because other people love to play the game of baseball and we're trying to teach them how to play the game of baseball and teach them how to be successful. You know, we hold their, their dreams and their goals. You know, a lot of that's in our hands, right? So we have like, we have responsibility to them. Um, so we have to remember that it's not about us. So evaluate, execute, and reevaluate. Okay, we evaluate players when they come in, we build programs, we execute programs, and then uh, we reevaluate where we're at. You know, figure out what we're doing right, what we're not doing right, and what we can do to continue to make them better. So, kinesthetic and spatial awareness. If you took 15 10-year-old kids, none of them ever played baseball before, okay, none of them ever played baseball, and you gave them all the same drills, taught them all the same information, gave them the same everything, okay, nothing different. In two months, one kid goes to short. One kid goes to shortstop. What does that kid do differently? What does he have? Everybody always says he's a better athlete, right? He's a better athlete. When I look at athleticism, I think about it as strength and size and speed. I mean, that's a definition I have in my head. But is every shortstop the strongest and the fastest on the field? The most power? Not necessarily. So what does that kid have? He has a higher degree of kinesthetic and spatial awareness skill. He has better motor learning capability. His brain controls his limbs in space better than everybody else. If it wasn't baseball and it was ping pong, golf, tennis, right? That kid would learn and be better than those other kids faster. If it was bouncing a soccer ball up and down on your knee 50 times in a row, that kid would do it faster than all the other kids. That's not necessarily athleticism, right? That's kinesthetic and spatial awareness skill. Motor learning. So how do we make everybody a shortstop is the question. Every next level of the game, it's also filled with former shortstops, isn't it? Right? When you get to college, a lot of guys played short. Now they're at other positions because they weren't good enough to stick. When you get to pro ball, okay, it's the same thing. You know, D1 shortstops get drafted from all over the country and they get moved. They're playing third. They're behind the dish. They're on the mound. Right? They're in the outfield. Are they all the absolute fastest, the absolute strongest, the absolute power? No. There's a lot of guys that are like that. I can't imagine necessarily playing shortstop. 
So that's an extremely important component, not just to our program, but in understanding what players need. What do they really need to get better? So these are two amazing books. If you're a coach and you haven't read these books yet, um, I highly encourage you to do so. Dynamics of Skill Acquisition, A Constraints-Led Approach, and Nonlinear Pedagogy and Skill Acquisition. Now here's the thing. So earlier I mentioned we as coaches don't have educations that are necessarily available for us, right? These are books on skill acquisition. We are in the business of skill acquisition. That's our job getting players to acquire new skills. You must understand motor learning and skill acquisition. It should be a basic prerequisite, right? You don't even have to get crazy into the, into the science aspect, but look at the information. Look at some of the stuff that they present on motor learning and how to change patterns and how to make players better. Now, do I think there's a long way to go for it? Yes, I think there's a long way to go because they're studying soccer. And we all know that soccer players are guys who weren't good enough to play baseball, right? So there's a long way for it to go, but it's very important to pay attention to. So there's a preface, and in the preface of Dynamics of Skill Acquisition, it says, to perform movements that are not automated in the sense of being identical from one performance to the next, but are subtly varied and precisely adapted to immediate changes in the environment. So I want you to consider that. So they're subtly varied, subtly varied. So you've heard a couple of different people speak, and when they've been talking, they've discussed that uh, maybe someone hasn't taken the exact same swing twice, right? Maybe they haven't thrown a ball the same exact way twice. Because for that, for that to happen, you would have to be moving through space at the same time, the same exact way, uh, both times. And there's a possibility that scientifically speaking, no one's ever thrown or swung the same exact way twice. So there's variability. There's variability, but the important part of it is that it's subtle. It is subtle. There are patterns. So, like everybody else, excuse me, when I first started coaching, and it's amazing how similar some of these stories are, when I first started coaching, I did the same thing everybody else did. I was teaching everybody what I was taught. I went to an academy in New York for 10 years. 10 years. I was obsessed with baseball at seven years old. I have a daughter named Brooklyn Shea because I'm a ridiculous Mets fan, right? Um, I learned from all of these coaches and I learned to love the game and I learned about the game and I can't tell you how much I appreciate everything that they did for me, but that's what they did for me. It's different for everybody. Everybody's experience is different, right? So I'm teaching all the same information I was taught. I'm teaching all the same stuff I felt that I did, which probably wasn't good because I wasn't very good either. But uh, I was giving all of that same information. And when I started to realize that there were differences between what I was taught and what some of the greatest players in the world did, that was an amazing and, and life-altering moment for me, right? Because stuff that I knew, like the back of my hand to be true, wasn't true anymore. So if that wasn't true, what else is there? I got my first RightView Pro system. This is a picture from it. And I thought there was a, a golden ticket, right? What does everybody do the same? What does everybody do the same? 
And I started looking and, and researching information, right? And where did I start? Set pro, just like everybody else, right? Reading English B stuff, reading Paul Nyman, right? Looking at everybody, every piece of information that I could find, that's what I was out there looking for. And I've done evaluations now for eight years on players, and I've used the same two players in every single evaluation. They're two of the greatest players to ever play the game, and they're polar opposites. One's right-handed, one's left-handed, one's big, one's smaller, right? They're so different. They stand different. They're completely different kinds of hitters. So I'm thinking, well, what if they do things the same? All those similarities, those must be important, right? So here's a point of contact position. We're both stacked and centered, right? We both have a firmed up front leg, both have flexion on the back elbow at contact. Although that's true, and that is important, I can't tell you how many evaluations that I've done where I've seen absolutely terrible swings and they still get to this position. So if you could take a terrible swing and get to good positions, then it might not be the positions themselves that's really important, but the movement patterns in between the positions. You heard Paul talk about that yesterday. One of the worst things in baseball, right? Having those static pictures, thinking of those static ways. Well, that's exactly how I was thinking when I was looking at this. And it wasn't until I left and I really dug in where I really, really started to grow. I stopped looking for the similarities and I started looking for the differences. I started looking for the differences because they're there. Barry Bonds, iconic swing. You can imagine it in your mind. The 73 home runs he hit, you can imagine those swings. Were they all the same? No, they weren't. But you can imagine the swing because a lot of them were very similar. Mike Trout, right? Different pitches, subtle variations. Still Mike Trout swing, right? Have you ever seen Mike Trout take a swing and say to yourself, oh my gosh, he looks like Miguel Cabrera tonight. Right? It's different. It's different. Is either one right or wrong? It's different. They're different movements. Different things are happening. It's different. It is not the same. It's not the same. Josh Donaldson. You ever seen Cabrera swing and think to yourself, oh my gosh, he looks like Donaldson tonight. No. There's different movement patterns and elite level swings. And we have to open up our minds to that. There's a lot of different ways to make players better and make hitters better, right? It can be anything. It can be a big change. It can be a small change. Timing mechanism. When you look at Jose Batista's change, he got released, what was it, four or five times in one season he got released? Blue Jays signed him, right? And they said, oh, you got to get started early. Started with a little toe tap, right? Got bigger, got bigger, and now he's got that iconic leg kick. The rest of his swing really didn't change very much. Really didn't change very much. It was a timing mechanism change. Stanton, look what he did this year. Absolute nonsense. And there's a reason he did it. There is a reason he did it, and it is very clear, and it is very specific. In the middle of the season, Stanton, he started off, he was struggling, right? And one of the guys that's a little bit, we talked about a little later in the video that we trained this last offseason, I had him text him and asked him how he felt and what he changed, right? He said he felt locked up. 
felt locked up in his swing. No coach gave it to him. He just felt locked up. He felt it. We have to pay more attention to how players feel. Listen to how they feel. That will guide you. Stop trying to teach them what you want to teach them and start trying to figure out what they need because it's different for everybody. He felt locked up, so he started to close off a little bit and he felt better. Then he closed off more and he felt even better. Then he closed off more and he felt even better. And he kept getting better and better and better. Why? What did it do for him? It gave him space. It gave him space to move through the zone. When you watch Stanton and you look at his athletic profile, which we have to pay way more attention to, okay? He's stiff, he's built like a football player, right? When you watched him turn rotationally this way, his hips go out this way, his barrel goes out this way. Came around a lot of pitches, right? Hit a lot of nukes to the pull side foul, didn't he, right? And he had to cheat to fastballs a little bit, expose him to off speed a little bit more, even though he's elite, right? So as he closed off, guess what that gave him? That gave him space. So now when he turned, whack, right? He can let the ball travel farther. He can get on plane deeper. He has later decision-making capability. That's really important. He didn't change anything else. He just gave himself space he desperately needed. And he trusted his feelings. And he tried something in the middle of a season, and he's in the big leagues. Which means if you have a high school player, it's not the end of the world if he tries something either. If you have a college player, it could be the key. Right? We can't be afraid to allow guys to feel things, to learn, and to make changes. You cannot be afraid of growth. Swing thoughts. Could be a thought. There are guys that can literally just think differently and produce better swings. External goal-based approaches, right? I want to hit the ball left center in the air, so they do. Ryan Zimmerman, look at his numbers. Anybody that doesn't know, right? Two years ago, 212, like 13 home runs, like 50 RBIs, awful season. And then in one season, well, first half, he was putting up MVP numbers. It was a swing thought. He didn't change his swing. He just changed his approach, his approach. I am sick and tired of hearing everybody talk about everybody has to hit the ball on the ground to the opposite field. It's not what you want, is it? It's not what you want. You don't want everybody to hit the ball on the ground to the opposite field because if they do it in a game, it's an out. Unless it's a hit and run, which I also believe in, right? I'm an old school guy too. I also believe in that. I also believe in bunts, right? It's not the result you want. You have to think about the result you're trying to create and how it's created. Do some guys need to think to swing down to hit a home run to left center? They do, and I'll explain that later. They do. Some guys need to think that. It's how they process information. It's athletic interpretation. Everybody understands things differently. If I tell five guys to get their hands back, one guy does this, one guy does this, one guy does that, right? So if you tell guys something, it might work for one, that doesn't mean it works for everybody. Could be an overhaul, could be a total change. There are hitting instructors, uh, amazing guys all over the country doing amazing work and completely changing the careers and futures of, of some of these players. And all that's going on with all of them, is it all the same swing things? No, no, it's not. But they're still changing their careers because it's being open-minded to information. And those guys are all working really hard to try to find ways to make guys better. Grip variations. It could be something as small as a grip variation. 
This stuff is interesting. So traditionally, we all say what? Bat in the fingers, right? Bat in the fingers. When you watch Pujols, he has a very extension-based swing, right? So having the bat in his fingers, he comes this way. You'll see this wrist and arm on top of this one. He's coming this way. Does every hitter look like that on extension? No. Some guys are like this, same position. What created that environment? What, what caused that, right? So the grip variations are important because sometimes with the bat and the fingers, different grips work with different swing types. You can literally watch guys' exit velocity skyrocket, right? Bat speed increase six, eight miles an hour with a grip variation, right? You can watch guys make tighter turns than they ever have with a grip variation. When you watch big league hitters, do they all hold the bat in their fingers? Come on, come on, right? You see, like this, you see guys like this, you see guys here, you see guys hanging off the bottom, taped up handles, right? We have a kid in the program, his dad, uh, Kurt Bavacqua, played in the big leagues for like 15 years. And his son, Garrett, comes up and trains with us from San Diego. Kid drove up all summer, like five days a week, hour drive, bolt back, bolt back and forth, right? And with a kid like him, what we found out is really interesting. So he's a right-handed hitter. Uh, and I'm curious if everybody goes back or anybody tries this with, with this kind of player, please send me something and let me know what you got from it. Um, right-handed thrower, left-handed hitter. Super bottom-hand dominant, right? Sometimes those guys can get real pulley. Okay, so one of the things we do to create better swing paths is we do a lot of PVC feels. And if you take a really thick PVC, Okay? It opens up the hand. It opens it up so they can't grip it as tight. And you'll watch those hands just roll. Okay? So he was doing that, and he was doing it really well. He was doing it really well, but he was having trouble transferring it. And I'm sitting there in the cage with him one day. Light bulb went off. I went and got a roll of tape. I taped up the bottom part of the grip about this thick. Taped it up fat. Right? All of a sudden, whack! Better turns. Just put the PVC on the bat. Big league players and professional players and all of you guys as individuals, there's a reel to this stuff, but there's a feel to it too. And the feel is so important, right? The feel is important. Guys who say top hand, guys who say bottom hand, all the arguing, that's because that's what you felt. So you know it to be true. So it might be right for you, but that doesn't mean it's right for the guy sitting next to you. Right? So we're just trying to find ways always to continue to make guys better. These grip variations, uh, when you watch McCutcheon, you'll even see him real boxy. There's guys, when you create a boxier grip, you can create better swivels. You can create tighter turns. Right? Not for everybody, but it works. But it works really well. Go to the next slide, please. Oh, wait a second. Go back. I forgot. So see this right here? So that is a slow pitch softball home run derby grip. You guys ever watched that before? See those big donkeys go to the big league stadiums and hit nukes? Absolute nukes. That is how they hold the bat. That's how they hold it. They hold it like this, and then they take the top hand, and they take these two fingers and put them over and cup this over. It takes away top hand push. When you swing hard like that, the barrel just goes whoosh and whips through the zone. We have guys PR on that all the time, first swing, second swing. Highest exit velocity they've ever had. Are you going to do that in a game? No, right? But it's a great feel. 
It's a great feel. I got that from uh, Trent Otis, who's Zona Baseball. If you guys don't follow him, he's a really good hitting guy. Talk with him a lot. So this is one of the pro guys that we train. Go ahead and play it. So that's one swing. And here's the others. That's a pretty good swing right there. So this offseason, when he came back, and this was a little, you know, about a month in, right? Uh, we had already worked on holding on to the floor a little bit better. Uh, we worked on the hand moves a little bit better. But when you look, and scroll back, please, uh, to the, yeah. So here, you see he's a little boxier, right? You see he's a little boxier. With his regular grip, he could not get everything in where it needed to be. Right? He couldn't stay tight in his turns. All we did was change his grip. We were messing around with grip variations one day. He got in the cage, took the best swing. He said, Bleak, you got to come see this. You got to come see this. Walk in, best swings I've ever seen him take. He interlocked his fingers. Interlocked his fingers. Tightest turns he's ever taken. It bothers, and sometimes guys, it bothers their fingers a little bit. Other guys, not so much. Him, he produces crazy amounts of force. So uh, he's actually going with something more a little like this. He's taking the pinky and sticking it over but the turns are still staying really tight. Man, so awesome. Uh, you know, that was part one. Can't wait for part two. This call takeaway is brought to you by Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports is the alpha when it comes to arm care and training essentials. Silverback's training products are constructed from premium materials and are designed to be durable and dependable to withstand the toughest and most rigorous throwing or training programs. Visit shopsilverback.com to see their entire line of high-quality products at very affordable prices. Also, make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to stay up to date at Shop Silverback. That's at Shop Silverback. Yeah, Joey, what was your biggest takeaway from the presentation? Yeah, um, you know, to this point, you know, one thing that I really love that Eugene does a great job of bringing some clarity on is just understanding that, you know, there is no school for coaches and, and you know, we're kind of all in this together and we're all learning, you know, as we go and there's a lot of uh, multifaceted, you know, areas of the game that we all need to be involved in and kind of think of it from some different angles. Uh, how about you, Bo? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for me, I always love when we have high level content shared and, and information that can stimulate conversation further the game of baseball and, and especially geared towards player development. So I'm looking forward to what the baseball community diving into this piece, uh, challenging themselves and then have the opportunity to look forward to part two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, guys, always, we're always looking for uh, more ways to push the community forward. As you guys know, uh, we have the membership set up on our, on our site at the, the system.farm guys. We just put a whole bunch of stuff on there. We got TCU, we got some different pitching plans. We got more stuff. We'll also uh, be adding this full presentation after these, uh, these two parts are done. We'll get that added onto the website as well. So you guys can um, dig up, dig through the PowerPoint and also see the visuals and, and talk through some of the things that you're hearing him talk through and see it. Um, we always want you guys to look like you're part of the team. Definitely make your way over when you're at our website, check out our shop. We got some cool things coming here soon, uh, soon. So keep an eye out for that. But from us and our partners over at Yakutech until next time, farm system out.